Welcome to the Dell Technologies Healthcare Power Chat podcast series, where you hear from the experts about healthcare technologies. Welcome to part two of our podcast on the future of consumer-centric care delivery with our guest, Dr. Sanaz Cordes, Chief Healthcare Advisor for Worldwide Technology. In part one, Dr. Cordes shared how health systems are thinking about the future of patient engagement and the four pillars of this new consumer-centric model. The four pillars consist of virtual care, portal enhancement, population health management, and patient education. Dr. Cordes then expanded on the future of virtual care and how health systems are enhancing patient engagement through portals using automation and optimization. Let's pick up the conversation. Welcome back, Dr. Cordes, and I was hoping to move on now to the third pillar in your consumer-centric model, which is population health management. This has traditionally been back-office focused. How does it tie to a consumer-centric model? Health systems have had this on their top five, top three list for well over a decade. Population health management, taking better care of their population of patients. And as you mentioned, we've traditionally thought about it as a clinical operations initiative. That alone is still a challenge. Health systems are in various stages, I would say, of infancy all the way to sophistication, depending on the organization, on how they're even mining the data, ingesting the data pertaining to the patient, and then what are they doing with it from there? They have to incorporate the data and then take action on it. So some are using native tools to the EHR to mine some discrete EHR data. Some have added some either homegrown or third-party applications to mine what we call non-discrete data, which actually is about 80% of the medical information on a patient is narrative. It's typed. You're not going to be able to pull it from a discrete field. So that would be sort of phase two of how sophisticated some have been. And then phase three is using tools like artificial intelligence and machine learning and setting up algorithms to do a better job with that data and using it to predict and not be as reactive. So that has already been in place and it hasn't been easy. And you add to that more data streams, remote devices, wearables, patient-entered data. So it sounds like there are challenges in the sheer amount of data to be analyzed, and that's growing, as well as the sophistication of different healthcare organizations and their ability to analyze this data. What's next? Taking action on this extracted data and what to do with it. So an automatic outreach using all this technology, or are they getting these insights but then having a manual effort to reach out? To go back to your initial question, how does this tie into consumer? It's no longer enough to mine the data and have those insights as a health system. Now it's how do you use that to deepen the patient's engagement, put them in control of their care, and ultimately improve access and outcomes. Being really strategic about having a proactive approach with this intelligence to push out alerts preventatively, et cetera, and keep patients healthy at home. And one example I always think of is I get texts when my car is due for service. So being able to leverage this information and notify a patient that's a diabetic that they're due for a hemoglobin A1C, for example, sounds simple, but it takes a lot of coordination and moving that to the lens of how is this a consumer-centric model is key. Well, that last example really brought it into sharp relief. Why can't I get a push notification for those events that I need to maintain my health? Absolutely. The last pillar you mentioned, Dr. Cordes, was about education, outreach, and resources. How are health systems thinking about improving their systems in these areas? For this point, I'm a primary care physician, and I've lived this transition from back in the day when we were on paper, dating myself now, to today. 
this is not an ubiquitous offering that a lot of health systems have either on their site or in a mobile application. And I might say this might even be non-existent or at most a single page on the website. But thinking about this more like almost like a marketplace, and I don't mean that from a commerce definition, but a marketplace where the consumer has one place to go. There's available apps. So maybe the health system has availability for meditation apps, some recommended apps that they may need to engage with their care coordinator for chronic disease management, available care options. So redirecting them to that virtual care piece that we spoke about earlier, mental health access. We see how huge this is and how important it is. So really making this more available. And then coming back to the primary care piece, also having this be a resource center, a one-stop resource shop. Again, avoiding patients going to the internet for misinformation, providing educational materials. I'll use an example. Probably 90% of phone calls from parents after hours is, I have an infant, they have a fever. If some of this could really be streamlined in this fourth pillar of outreach education, it would just automate and improve care and efficiency both sides. During your answer, you hit on a concept that is exactly what I was thinking hearing you talk about this is, today, I think the default way to go research what's wrong with you is a Google search. How do you compel patients to say, please come to our portal and research it here for accurate information before running off to the internet? I can tell you that as a practicing physician, if I had the option of pulling up the mobile app during that initial visit, maybe the first consultation that I had with a new patient and saying, as a new mom, here's a list of probably 50 things that are going to pop up that you're going to want to get information on. Take a look at this link. We have a lot of resources for you. Just being able to do that in an in-person encounter, you're going to really see some efficiencies and better outcomes driven from that. And you bring up a good point because as we move to this model, one of the goals and challenges, quite frankly, for health systems is how do we get patients to be more aware of the portal? So campaigns and reaching out and marketing this as an option for patients to improve their own care is important. And so getting that portal usage up from what I think used to be around 13% just a couple of years ago to we want this north of 50%. I think that will happen organically once all sides of the organization are making it a priority to bring it to the attention of their patient population. Dr. Cortez, we've covered the four pillars of virtual care, portal enhancement, population health management, and patient education. What are the priorities for healthcare organizations in adopting these initiatives? Where can they get the most bang for their buck? I think like most initiatives at any organizations, groups are moving at different places. And this is really a function of where they were, where they are now, where their biggest clinical operational financial challenges lay and how they want to rank the problems that they need to solve. So people are moving at different paces. In the current healthcare climate, there's a lot of urgent tech prioritizations that are taking place. So thinking about can their existing infrastructure support some of these expansions that are necessary to hit these pillars to create this model, network, storage, compute. Do they need to focus, as we just talked about, on consumer campaigns initially to increase engagement, to direct them to these tools that they're building? People are at different points on this journey and and moving at different paces. The bottom line, though, is ready or not, here it comes. So as with all strategic initiatives, it's important to synchronize and prioritize your people process and technology changes as much as possible. 
coming from the startup space, digital health innovation space, you want to avoid costly duplication of efforts. You want to maximize your resources and you want to avoid tech debt. So you want to marry solving business problems, clinical problems with what your technical and people availability allows. Accomplishing this in a cohesive manner rather than in siloed models where IT operations, clinical teams are working independently is key. Dr. Cordes, you have really the double benefit of being a primary care physician as well as a deep background in healthcare tech. And clearly, you're talking to a lot of healthcare organizations about these issues. How do you coach healthcare organizations in getting started or accelerating this journey? I think we're really fortunate and we're happy that our healthcare team at WWT has many people at the table that can bring value to our partners. As you mentioned, having your finger on the pulse of digital innovation, taking a look at some of these challenges and saying, there's a third-party app that can automate that piece of that feature. We can help you explore it. Having experts around regulatory and reimbursement and things like that. We feel very fortunate. This is something that we can help support our clients. We've been doing it. We've been bringing back best practice of how to best achieve this, depending on where folks are on their own journey. And this can start with something as simple as a phone call, reaching out to us. We can explore your goals and see where that lands. Another step that we can work with partners is an ideation session. So sitting down and mapping out and bringing in the industrial engineering, the technical piece, the goals that you're solving, and putting that in a strategic roadmap. And then we can do workshops. And today we're doing a lot of virtual workshops with organizations, holistically supporting all the moving parts that roll up to the end goal of building this consumer-centric model and a strategic approach. Sounds like you might have been through that rodeo once or twice in the past. Yes, yes, we absolutely have. And we have our ATC lab, we have our experts, we have EHR experts, we have a huge machine learning data scientist team, we have partners like Dell. We just feel very lucky that when folks come to us and need help, that we can help architect some of the solutions for them. Well, that sounds great. Dr. Cordes, this has been some wonderful information on the future of the consumer-centric care delivery model, and the four pillars that you laid out make perfect sense in how to evolve to this new model, but I'm sure we've just scratched the surface on these topics. Where could listeners go to find more information about the future of this model and the pillars specifically? On our website, www.t.com, in the healthcare section, we do have a lot of briefings, articles, case studies that touch on these things. On our healthcare page, you can find more information about our team and you can literally click a contact us link on there and just reach out, share your thoughts, share a challenge that you may be having, and we can help you get started there. Dr. Sanaz Cordes, Chief Healthcare Advisor for Worldwide Technology. Thank you so much for all this great information on the future of the consumer-centric care delivery model. Any final thoughts? I would just say health systems have a lot on their plates. There's just so many moving parts. Really, it's not rebuilding. It's changing the floor plan from what one had in place before. Bringing this consumer-centric approach in place ties the patient needs to the health system's operational needs. You have a lot on your plates. We're here to help. I would just leave it with that. And thank you so much, Bruce, for having me on the show. I appreciate the time. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Cordes, and hopefully we can have you back on a future Dell Technologies Healthcare Power Chat. Look forward to it. Thank you.